न च किंचन कांचन मस्ति गुरो द्रुतमेव विधे कृपा सहजा भवशंकर शरण भवशंकर शरण There are a lot of new faces. Welcome. Seeing you for the first time. And a lot of new faces that I'm seeing after a long time. Welcome. सहनावतु सहनौ भुनक्तु सह वीर्यंकवाहै तेजस्वीनावधीतमस्तु मेदावहै ओ शाशाशाति गुरुर्ब्रह्मा गुरुर्विष्णु गुरुर्देव महेश्वर गुरुरेव परम ब्रह्मा तस्म श्रीगुरव नम तस्म श्रीगुरव नम इन द लास्ट श्लोक विच वॉज द फिफ्थ वन we discussed as to the nature of our self the true nature of our self is consciousness awareness which does not require any other equipment to know it
what is the use of calling somebody a police if they can't defend their own house so this cop was sleeping and his wife hears some sound in the ground floor imagining the worst she wakes her husband and she says i think there is somebody some robbers are there downstairs and he pulls the rubber by nature its job is to illuminate and it does not require another instrument to recognize that fact if it cannot recognize itself then it means it is unconscious then it is not consciousness by definition are you getting the predicament here so now moving forward in this shloka we add the next layer of complexity <clears throat> so the sixth shloka repeat after me chitchhaya veshato buddhau भानम धीस्तुदिधास्थिता अंतकरणरूपिणी छाया वेशतः बुद्धौ भानम दीहितु द्विदा स्थिता एक अहंकृति अन्यास्यात अंतकरण रूपिणी डिड यू अंडरस्टैंड सो नेक्स्ट टाइम इफ समबडी रीड्स आउट संस्कृत एंड आस्क डिड यू अंडरस्टैंड जस्ट से आम Am in Sanskrit means yes. Did you understand? Am. Good, good, good. You learnt a new word. Chit chaya, chit chaya. The reflected consciousness. now sometimes when there is a sun in certain angle that it comes through a certain window 
recently it was happening that I was working in the kitchen and I saw the sun's rays at a very peculiar spot. And I tried identifying as to how in this weird corner sun is shining. Then I found that the main sunlight which is hitting through the window is reflecting on a certain surface and that reflection is illumining this spot. Right? The brightness with which it shines, the reflected sun rays, is as though it is the sun's rays itself. Similarly bright. But then it is the secondary rays. It is not the original sun rays, but it is reflected through a medium. As soon as this consciousness enlivens this body, where does this process happen? Way back then when we were in mother's womb. We will not know it until the womb has developed to a third month. The first trimester, end of first trimester is when the limbs start moving. Where the consciousness has blessed that matter layer. How does this reflected consciousness work? It is the same consciousness enlivening all these bodies. How can it be? So if you have, see in India, when we used to grow up, we did not have continuous water, which is a condition even today in many parts. So there would be once in three days, once in four days, at a peculiar timing when the water comes. This is drinking water, potable water, potable water, potable water, however you pronounce it. And because it is once in three days, we would make the best use of it. There were bigger containers, pots and uh, big cans. We would fill all of that. Then bigger vessels, we would fill all that. And some people do cheating. So what do they do? To that water connection, they add a pump so that it can suck at a faster rate. Those of you who have grown up in India understand the predicament. And then you are in a frenzy in trying to fill everything. Sometimes you have done a good efficient job and the usual things that have to be filled up are filled. Now you start filling up every glass, every trough, everything that can accommodate it. 
here in this country growing up we don't realize the uh, treasure of water as it is coming all day through every so we keep standing there so i asked somebody how how long does it take for you to take shower in in some class and this fellow says 45 minutes he said i can understand a girl saying it if she has to wash her hair there is a lot of process why do you need oh hot water it feels good swami ji how many of you take more than 3 minutes to 5 minutes to take a shower holy cow let us become awareful that there is water and water is like the new gold with the growing population the water though it's on a side track but still something to recognize so we would fill in all frenzy and then in all these filled pots filled containers it would occupy a lot of space so we would do tower system the biggest one goes down then the next size goes on the top of it the next size goes on the top of that just so that it is away from the common movement area so we put it under a window or something where nobody goes and it is safe there would be that time of the day wherein the sun's rays hitting directly from the window falls on this different surfaces different sizes and you will find multiple reflected rays though the sun is one but then falling in different containers with different reflecting bodies here in this example water and if that water <coughs> is clear and still the reflection is bright and unshaky if that water is having lot of movement what happens to the reflection the reflection also seems like very disturbed similarly all these pots there is a reflecting surface in which that consciousness enlivens and that that reflection falls on different aspects when this reflection falls in the buddhi buddhi the intellect the intellect appears to be conscious because of its coming in touch with this reflected consciousness it feels enlivened like today we understand the technology that you don't need a wired system to charge your cell phones 
you have wireless chargers also. Just at the proximity of it, it can fill up the juice. Has anybody used such system? Heard of such system? Okay, good. Heard, seen, so you are aware of it. Similarly, this buddhi, the intellect, just with the presence of that reflected consciousness, gets energized to have different patterns of movement. Without that touch of that reflected consciousness, the buddhi does not move. Say, supposing in a boring class, you fall asleep. Ears are open. Sound is going in. But have you made best of that class? Don't shake your head saying yes. Because sleep was better than the, what was being given in the class. No, what was happening in the class was not recognized. Right? It, you were in the class, but nothing was recognized. What happened? That which is enabling us to grasp and understand is disconnected from this reflected consciousness. Because it is disconnected, there is no power charging it to cognize and process. So much is it clear? These thoughts in the intellect which are enlivened are of two types. What are these two types? Eka ahankritihi anya antakkarana rupini. One is called ahankara. That is also a thought. So let us spend some time in understanding what ahankara means. Usually when we translate ahankara into English, what do we call it? No. We call it as ego. Excessive of ego, wherein there is nobody like me, smarter, handsome, and none comparable to me. That attitude is arrogance. But the ahankara is usually translated as ego. What kind of arrogance that we develop in this ego? That this ego can be, somebody defined it, expanded it, saying EGO stands for that which has the audacity to edge God out. I am better than who God, what God. That attitude which... So what is this ahankara? Aham akara. Akara means shape. The shape of I. We 
when you close your eyes, can you do that? Close your eyes and imagine yourself. Can you see yourself? Can you visualize yourself? Open your eyes. Enough of sleeping. Can you visualize yourself? Now to that image of you, you have various aspects added in. An amalgamation of all these aspects, I carry myself as that individual. So at a physical level, what are the aspects? I am short, I am tall, I am lean, I am on the healthier side. Somebody said it is the most PC way of saying you are fat. Is it okay to say that? On the healthier side? I love this fellow, a Mexican, a stand-up comedian. Gabriel Iglesias. Gabriel, right? Says huh. he's really healthy, healthy, healthy side. So he said, when he comes on the stage, he says about himself. That's the best part of his, you know, stand-up comedian. That he he has the courage to, uh, yeah, humor, uh, talk about humor about himself. That takes a lot of courage. Usually even those Indians who do it, they, they pick on a race, they pick on others and they ridicule them. He ridicules himself. He says, guys, don't call me fat. I am fluffy in certain areas. Somebody bigger than me, they are not called fluffy. It's like, oh my God. The way he expresses it, that that is the next level of fluffiness. So at a physical level, I am short, tall, slim, fat, white, brown, black, whiter than the rest of my brown folks. It's a comparative thing. You know, you put the hand next to the other person and say, sorry, I am whiter than you. Have you done or has anybody done to you, like, you know, suddenly they put in. Sometimes when, especially when you are in the yup course, constantly in the sun and doing so much out there, that after about 15-20 days, after the whole camp is done, when I come back and I lift my uh, t-shirt and I see that till, up until here, there is one color, then below that, it is all in one color. The inside is a little shader, shade, at least 10 shades whiter, and outside has become darker. So at a physical level, I am dark, white, beautiful, good-looking, handsome. Very, uh, what do you call, balanced. Now, sometimes, you know, few people have faces wherein one side looks very balanced, the other side, it comes, the jawline just drops. There is an imbalance. I have a crooked jaw, 
I have uh, a twisted, uh, what do you call these? Eyebrows. I have a certain sense of myself, of how I look at a physical level. One feed that has gone into that image. So analog input to create that digital image of myself. Does it make sense? That is at a physical level I have taken. Now, at the mind level, I am irritable character. I am very soft person. I may look hard, I may look big, but inside I am like a marshmallow, mushy. That if I sit to watch a movie and if there is a moving scene, I'll also become very mushy, mushy. I'm very emotional or I'm very dry. These emotions don't distract me. So you know, you evaluate yourself about yourself. That I am very straightforward, I am very uh, crooked. Various things. I am very trustworthy, I am truthful. These are various aspects at the emotional level. At the intellectual level, there are certain convictions about me. I am smart, I am intelligent, I am sharp. These are good things. I am dumb. I cannot analyze. My mind freezes when it has to do any such. I cannot apply my intellect beyond a certain point. We know about our sharpness or dullness at the intellectual level. Don't we? All these go into the feed. Added to this feed, there are those who are around us. Their feed about me is also taken into consideration. If you are the only brown child in that entire school cam campus, I have met such people. And in UTD, probably it's a different case scenario wherein in the entire campus there will be one or two white kids. That the Indians walking around, they'll look at that fellow and say, Are Mamu, foreigner. <laughs> we are the foreigners. And because we are so many, we look at a Caucasian and then say, he is a foreigner. He is the local, we are the foreigners. I found these uh, kids who are brown, who have grown up in a remote corner where it is a predominantly white that for the entire school there was only one Indian kid. Man, poor fellow. Because the others now start feeding, giving information that your brown color sucks. White is, you know, better than brown. So, so the little kids growing up in such environments, they say, 
I hate being brown. Because that is a feed that has gone from the outside to create an image of myself. See, one of the good things that happens in Balavihar is when these kids growing up in this country come and say, I am not the only weird one, there are others like me. There is a confidence built. That it's okay to be brown. Because that is also a feed that is going in. So I create an image of myself and I draw a certain worthfulness of that image. I give it a certain quantum to it. Good, uh, I'm best, good, uh, better, good, uh, bad, to worse. So I have a range. At each aspect of it, I have evaluated and a total net worth of my image I have created. And what do I constantly do wherever I go? I try to project myself into the environment. I am coming for the first time into a new environment. And what do I usually work on? To be impressive. That this new fellow is cool. Don't we do that? In that effort, what are we trying to do? Trying to enhance certain aspects of me and project it into those minds in such a way that I am accepted. Do we do that? So when such evaluation process is happening, it happens even if you are into a known crowd. What am I wearing? What am I not wearing? How do I look? How do I not look? Should I smile? Should I not smile? Should I ignore someone? Should I recognize their presence? What is in it for me? There is a constant kachpach, kachpach, kachpach happening inside. Calculations. Seriously, when you evaluate your inside as to what is happening, there is a lot boiling inside. Thick, gooey, boiling, pluck, pluck sound. This is a lot happening. So you go into an environment and you have a certain size of your worth, you know, self-worthfulness and you project it. And the outside has responded beamingly with a bigger image of you. Then you feel accepted. You feel really good. It is good. So far it is good. You go into an environment, you project. And then they look at you and say, Hey, chal. I've seen many like you, okay? You're not worth it. In their actions, in their behavior, in their interaction, it becomes known. So what they have responded to my projection is smaller than my worth. Then how do I feel? Suffocated because now I have to accommodate into that little thing which is not me.
So what is this ego? A digital image of my physical self. From various angles, amalgamated into one image. When they say that somebody is suffering from self-confidence, lack of self-confidence, what does it mean? They have an image and they are not happy about it. That the worth of that image that they have about themselves is very low. There was this family in a remote corner in North Dakota. I don't know why they live there, but we Indians have spread far and wide. So this family that I was staying with, they had two kids. And they were feeling very terrible of being brown. I hate being brown, I hate Indian, I hate uh, our Indian food. Why am I like this? Why should I be eating this? Why should I be... He said, Swamiji, can you speak to them? It's very difficult to reach out to that mindset at that point. Because they have made an image and a very sure assessment that I am like this one. To reach across and to change it, So I told them a story. And these are elementary school kids. So I told them a story. I said, remember, who created this world? Yeah, God created it. Because even that concept they don't like. God created it. Okay, fine. I mean, if I had to explain that God created it also, then it would have been a terrible task on my hand. But they came up and saying, God created it. Good. First barrier broken. When that God created, he put the first batch into the oven. And it was his first batch. He didn't know how long to wait till they bake. So in his own apprehension, he pulled the first batch out too early, too soon. they became white. <laughs> then Bhagavan said, nah, this is not right. <laughs> Don't quote me on this, okay? <laughs> because it is the most racist story that will happen. But understand, this is only for humor so that those kids come to appreciate of their color. Then I said, he threw in the next batch. And I said, I'll wait a little longer. And by the time he realized it, he pulled out, they were darker than he expected. He said, nah man, this is also not right. So the third batch that he put in, he knew how early not to take it out 
he also knew how late not to take it out. Then came out the perfect golden brown baked batch. They were the brown Indians. And you should see the brightness in those eyes. So we are baked to perfection. Yes. Story apart. Each one of us has created an image. Not just created an image at a personal level. As a collective group, we have created, not cremated. <laughs> That's what came out, sorry. As a collective group, we have created an image of each color. That white is better, brown is better, black is better, rich is better, educated elite group, that is better. So we have created our own groups and group identifications. Those also go into feed and that becomes the solidified, amalgamated image of my presence and the worth of it created. Am I making sense? Yes, no, yes, okay, good. But that's not all to it. What is the next layer added to this ego? The next layer added to this ego, or next aspect of this ego is, it needs to survive and thrive. That image has to survive and thrive. How does it survive and thrive? The constant feeders that go in to feed this ego, this image, to keep it alive. One feeder is called the doing process, the doership. The second feeder is the loop of it when it completes that you have done something that it comes to feedback as enjoyment. Why do I do what I do? So that I can enjoy. For many in my friends group growing up, I was a pain. How was I pain? Because lucky for me that when I sit through the class, see, I used to teach uh, tutorials, like you know, tuitions. So I used to teach one year ahead of me also. So whatever was being taught was already like a revision. So it's already up there. So even during the test times, where am I? Out there playing. So my friends used to feel, that fellow is enjoying. I am here sitting studying all this. I am not enjoying. Those parents would come and complain. Bhabi ji, keep your son Why do you allow your child to go out and play during exams? My child, my wish. No, it can be, but our children are getting disturbed. 
Because they want to go out and enjoy because they think they are missing out on something. Doesn't it bother us that somebody who is at our same peer group get an opportunity to go to a movie, go to a restaurant, go to a, um, a dance floor and they are all enjoying. What am I doing? Sitting with this book and reading. That sense of enjoyment is so deep. Why? It constantly feeds that ego. Therefore, I want to do again and again so that that loop of enjoyment is constantly being the feeder. So there is doership because there is enjoyership. Because I enjoyed what I have gotten, I want to repeat more of it kind. Therefore, I keep doing those things again and again. So supposing you are a group of people living in a dorm. Somebody from your parents' side brought a box of sweets. And every day after you come back from school, you would like to take one. You have already given to the others one one. I said, Bhai log, enough. Rest of it. You come back from school and then you have a piece, enjoy it. One day you come back, the dabba is khali. Why? The rest of them ate it. Your source of enjoyment is vanished. How do you feel? Can you visualize what I am saying? Because all of you are looking at me like, You feel pretty frustrated, right? Why your source of enjoyment is snatched away. That which you knew you had it in your hand but somebody snatched it. You get angry. Because the feeder is that enjoyership. That is the second layer. Now let me add the third layer and aspect of ego. Here, I define it as like a, a malware in your system. What does it do? It associates itself with everything that happens, every movement of interaction that happens, and it wants to stake a claim on the doership because there is a recognition in it. You have not done anything in that group to do a certain activity. But you see that that group's activity is tending towards some success. Put my name also in there. Why? I'll also be recognized. And when others recognize and others give a clap, I feel glad. Why do I do what I do? It's because of that. And there are various aspects. I'm just giving you a few pointers to recognize it. 
all these go into the ego. So one aspect of this reflected consciousness reflecting into the antakkarana, the thought develops into a ahankara, ego. The other kinds of thoughts are called antakkarana rupini, mana, buddhi, chitta, mind, intellect and memory. See, when I say that, I don't know, I, I am so forgetful. What does it mean? I am not directing this reflection of consciousness into those spots exactly where that memory is hidden. It is there. Like today it happened. I was sitting in Frisco session. I was sitting on the dais. And this little kid already had quizzed me. He comes straight and says, Samiji, what is my name? But luckily last week also he had done the same thing. So I remembered. He said, Raghav. So he was happy. He sat down. And then he said, do you know my brother's name? Luckily that went rhyming. So I said, Vaibhav? Yes. So I passed the exam. The coordinator walked by to give me the heads up as to what are the announcements. And then this fellow, little fellow, catches hold of her pallu and then, Auntie, do you know my name? She's like, oh. I told you last week. I really am sorry. What is your name? Raghav. Now I remember. Raghav. I'll not forget it. And this fellow goes, I'll check next week. <laughs> I'll not take you for your word, but I'll check you next week. So when that forgetfulness happens, that you see somebody very familiar looking, you have spoken, you have interacted with them, and they are having a beaming smile of recognition on their face, they come, they're walking close to you, and then you're like, oh my God, what is his name, 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 and then the hand extended, and <coughs> you also extend the hand, and I'm sorry. I know you, but I don't, I've forgotten your name. Have you gone through such situations? Oh, I go through a lot like that. <laughs> Once at an airport, this gentleman, Indian looking, he comes and says, let me, let me give you a hand. And I looked at him top and I said, who are you? I said, Swamiji, I come to your classes. I think, oh my God. Especially women, when they come to the ashram, they come in Indian clothes with a different... Uh, and when they are out there in their uh, professional, uh, you know, make, makeup and everything, completely irrecognizable. They smile at you. I say, why are they smiling? Should I be knowing them? I don't even recognize them. Uh, Hari Swamiji. Hari 
आई डू नो देम बट इट इज नॉट रिफ्लेक्टिंग इन दैट पार्ट ऑफ मेमोरी एंड वंस दैट मेमोरी इज ट्रिगर्ड द रिफ्लेक्टेड कॉन्शियसनेस इल्यूमिन्स इट आह नाउ आई नो यू इट इज नॉट दैट आई हैव फॉरगॉटन इट इज नॉट दैट माई मेमोरी इज नॉट अवेलेबल इट इज जस्ट नॉट शाइंड अपॉन a very technical detail that that reflected consciousness as soon as the consciousness falls there and it reflects in it shines these many aspects that they are enlivened with which we interact with the world outside instead of being that consciousness which is expressing through these reflected mediums what do i become pay attention what do i become i become the instrument and various modifications of the instrument and behave as such because of that ego which is triggered into motion and anything that happens to that ego now is very you are very cautious that it has to be protected it has to and the parents come to fight some is my child did not win in bhagavad gita competition I said yes there are so many then they participate there will be some who will win there will some who will not win yeah yeah we also know that but my child really did well if you do this there uh, self esteem is shattered no their self esteem is fine your self esteem in the investment of your child is shattered ab log kya kahenge and therefore where are we in what layer are we in this constant calculated portion of the ego and its sustenance is where we are living in and how is it constantly turbulent can such person ever find peace there is another layer to be extended okay, even without that layer we are already disturbed our association and definition of this ego we base it on the things that we carry and interact what possessions that we have i drive a bmw so in one lecture somewhere in the congregation i said bmw means big money waste so this husband turns to his wife with a gleaming glitter in his eyes and listen and that wife you know very sadly looks at me with a cross eyes and says why did you have to define it that way now my husband will rub it into my face every time i ask for a bmw all this was conveyed just in looks because my identity is depending on the worth of that vastu it's no ordinary watch it is rolex and an antique rolex more value 
this is not cheap look alike it is gold studded in bling and there are some crazy fellows that they have drilled holes on their teeth and uh, diamond stud i've seen such people i've seen the photos i said you man get a life and their smile always had to be <laughs> Why? I have diamond there. Now you have to recognize it. My worth is in it. Society creates that worthfulness, and I want to blend in, to look at the top of the top of that society. It's only because the society has conditioned us to have that value in our head, and we have to know match to it. like the other day we were in a grocery store me and brahmachari ji this lady who is on that uh, motorized uh, wheel thing she comes stands next to us looks at top to down and then with a smirk on her face what are you guys so very politely we explained that we are monks and then she goes off being a monk doesn't mean that you have to not wear clothes put some clothes on and uh, put some respectable clothes on so i bent down to her level straight into her eyes i said my tailor doesn't decide my worth my integrity in myself decides my worth in your culture maybe it is your tailor that decides your worth you getting it in the clothes in the car in the house and that house even if it is a 5000 square feet but it is not in the prime locality where there are others million dollar my worth also is increased constantly we are in that level of calculation where will there be peace in such an individual are you getting it so when you look into people's eyes you can tell how frustrated or how content they are you can put a bright smile on your lips somebody said the body smiles through the lips but the soul smiles through the eyes so true you may hide all your pain and agony and put a bright smile on your face but your eyes cannot be corrupted it it just reflects the inside pain like when somebody that you know very well is trying to put on a brave front smiles that's all okay but what's bothering you can you not identify how come did you identify that because the eyes speak volumes don't they so that restlessness if it has to be removed where should the repair be done 
at this deep rooted level therefore in vedanta we focus on studying these aspects so that corrective measures can be taken at that level does it make sense as to the relevance of vedanta that ancient wisdom which is given in the upanishads or the vedas cannot be a relic cannot be something of the past because it is applicable even today at that intimate intricate level therefore it is the most profound knowledge that can ever be found so here we have just analyzed the characteristics of this ego mind and intellect and memory how should it be corrected are the next steps that we will see next week om purnamadah purnamidam purnat purnamudachyate purnasya purnamadaya पूर्णमेवावशिष्यते ओम शांत शांत शांति हरि ओम श्री गुरुभ्यो नमः हरि ओम